0: Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of the In The Cells podcast. I hope everyone is keeping well who's listening. It's a big welcome back to the show for Ross. He was on a previous show that went down a storm with everybody who listened. How are you, Ross? I'm good, Stephen. Thanks. Yourself? I'm fine. Well, thanks for asking. And we also have a very special guest, Natasha. Natasha is a regular on A Selfie State of Mind and she does some brilliant work over there along with the other folks. I think they do a fantastic job over there. How are you, Natasha?
1: I'm great, thank you. It's
0: great to be on. I'm looking forward to it. No, we're we're thrilled to have you on, Natasha. Thanks for coming on and agreeing to it. It's, it's brilliant.
1: No problem. But,
0: <laughs> we'll move on to the first topic that's burning a hole in everyone's mouth with so Celtic fans anyway. The topic of Roy King. I, mm. He's been linked with the Celtic manager's role. And we've all put stuff up on Twitter and big debates have happened, especially on Instagram. When I put him up and there's people saying yes because of his passion and people saying no because of the way he manages is a bit like Neil Lennon. And personally, from my point of view, before throw it to yourselves, I personally think, that I said, he's just the Neil Lennon upgraded version in terms of name. He manages the exact same way. His win percentage as a manager is below 40%, which to be even considered for a Celtic job, in my opinion, is a disgrace. And yes, he's a big name within world football, and especially over in Ireland. He's, he's a well known name, probably the most famous player to come from Ireland. But, Natasha, what's your opinion on Roy King?
1: I think I have to agree with you. And to be honest, I think the rumours are probably more media-based. I don't think anyone who's actually in the running would be commenting on it, as I don't think you'd comment on what I would hope to be our, our live discussions. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Joaquin, um, but I don't think he's the right man for the job at this current moment. I mean, putting his managerial record to to one side that you've already highlighted, you know, that on its own should see him out of the running. But his style, you know, in particular for me, his man-man style, like you've touched on, is very likely to be similar to Lennon's. And we've seen that that doesn't work you know like you said people have talked about needing a man like Keane to fire up a squad which has looked lethargic all season but for me that that's not going to work that style doesn't seem to be working anymore it's old school it doesn't work with modern players and if it did it would have succeeded to Lennon for Lennon but we talk about this modern player um, and they don't respond to old school managers Um, I know that Keane was offered the role back in 2014 and maybe regrets not taking it. But he might have been the man for the job then. But for me, he isn't the man for the job now. The squad we had at yeah. the time in 2014, he could have been the man for that squad, but he's not the man for this job right now.
0: No, you're you're 100% right. Another thing that sticks in my mind as well, when he actually joined Celtic as a player, I think his quote was, welcome to hell We he went into his first training session. <laughs> Just bas- basically basically already disrespecting the club he signed for in terms of the, the standard in the league. And it almost mm. smacks to me that, It's a bit of Roy King just trying to get himself back into the the management side of football, and he Mm -hmm. thinks his connection with Desmond and the Aries connection is going to get him in with Celtic. But, Ross, I'll I'll go to you with this one. What's your opinion towards the whole
2: Roy King saga at the moment? Um, I I mean, just kind of echo just what you guys have said, really. I mean, I took the liberty of making a wee uh, pros and cons list um, just to (laughs) see how it would... I mean, to start with the cons, I mean... Just what you have said, I think he'd bring unrest, total division. Uh, as Natasha said, it uh, would be far too bullish for the modern day player. Um, he mm-hmm. just, he, he pretty much is Lennon, but with a bit bigger clout in the game, really. Um, but I mean, these pros that I came up with were his press conferences and interviews would be hilarious. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. He, 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 for, for Celtic right now, uh, and in fact Any club in general I think in, in this day and age I think Roy Keane is wrong He's he's just He's no The right guy You see him And he's like And he's positioning Sky Sports He's he's very dry Which mm-hmm. Is funny And it, It's quite entertaining And he's a very good Pundit I would say But As for a guy In a dressing room Trying to Get Celtic Back to where they are He's Absolutely no way The guy that should be getting the job and I don't, as Natasha said as well I don't think that he's been offered the job, he's just threw his name into the ring eh, and the hope that he might get it because he's not going to like Lennon now he probably he Lennon will never get another big job and I, I don't think Keane will probably get another job as a manager in football, he might be a number two eh, with somebody to try and calm him down like Martin O'Neill did eh, but no, no for Celtic. Definitely not.
0: It just yeah, wouldn't I, a mean, I 100% correct. I, I think as well, every club he's been at, even in the Ireland team as an assistant manager, he's had conflict with players and you've seen it at the start of the season when Lennon came out and said after the European match that his players that don't want to be there. Straight after that comment, the players just kind of down tools. It just kind of threw it away and it, it's like, you can see you can see that yeah, the pros would be, yes, he's going to be passionate, he's going to be full of fire, and he, he claims to be a Celtic man. But in reality, I don't think he is. He's playing to the whole Aries connection. Um, mm-hmm. He's playing to the whole, the, the whole brigade in terms of, yes, get him on board. He's a proper Celtic man. He'll bring the fire back. But we thought that about mm-hmm. Lenny, especially mm-hmm. in his first spell. Yes, he did bring the Thunder back to a certain extent. But you've seen what happened, as Natasha, you rightly touched upon. The modern-day player, the likes of Christie, the likes of Edward, they, they won't mm-hmm. react to shouting no, or no getting told that this is wrong, that's wrong. What you're doing, you can't do. They'll just look at him and be like, who do you think you're talking to? No matter what kind of name he has in the football game. Um, Natasha, mm-hmm. touching upon the management speculation, we've seen lots of names. And I think I've seen today that you said on your Twitter page that you'd be happy with Enzo Marquesia from Manchester City coming up. Is that something that you think that Celtic would argue down that road? Because we've seen Fergal Harkin... He seems to be Neil Dornay for the director of Football Road. That's a lot of rumours going around at the moment. Yeah. But is that something you sat was, you was settled for, Natasha?
1: Yeah, for me it works. Um, you know, if I'm looking at the list of potential targets that we've got, or, you know, they're booking and fan-made, I suppose. We don't know who the club's real potential targets are. But if we're looking at the list of favourites and the odds on them, there's not a great deal I would put into the category of realistic and that I would want, you know. If we are going to aim high, if we're looking at, you know, Martinez and Benitez and how, to be honest, for me, I think they're way at the top of the tree. And maybe if we've asked the question, fine, but I think we're now maybe coming down a couple of danties. Um And the Harkin and Mareska sort of combination is one that interests me. It is. Um, I think we're likely to move to pointing a director of football first. And if that is indeed going to be Fergal Harkin, I think that could point to Mareska coming in in some sort of um head coach role and yeah like I've, I've touched upon on my Twitter page and on on a couple of shows before I would take that to be honest I think it is what we need right now you look at the sort of modern European clubs and they are moving towards a more direct sort of football role with a coach working underneath them and you know we can get into it further but looking at the the pedigree of Harkin and Mureska I think I think it's probably well aligned with what we're looking for.
0: Yeah I mean the, the way I look at it as well Natasha you're, you're 100% right the modern day football structure are usually is director of footballs, the technical directors, chief scout, and then it goes all the way down to the coach, I'm not manager anymore, to call them mm-hmm. coaches, now, head coaches. Yeah. The, the way I'm looking at it, Ross, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't think Enzo Marki Mar- I know I'm saying that name wrong, but it's it's, it's how I'm it. En- <laughs> Enzo Marchese. Yeah. I personally don't think that he's gonna do enough to bring them season tickets back and even if you look at that, I know it's Manchester City under-23 team. They're flying at the moment. The the one, I think it was 5-0 or 6-0, if I'm correct, there in the recent game. So the, there's definitely the way coaches must be attacking. They must be full of flair play. But we look at Eddie Howe, and I've said it before, I think as time goes by, we've lost him. He should have been mm-hmm. announced ages ago. He should have been brought in yeah. the door and told, look, this is your objectives. This is a squad you've got until the summer. Tell us who you don't want and we'll replace them. <clears throat> Where now it's yep. like all these players as uh, rightly Paul John Diggs said on the Celtics of the Mind, there's nearly 18 players that could leave. Um, where's mm-hmm. that rebuild going to happen from? Um, Ross, what's your opinion on the whole Fergal Harkin, Enzo Marchese situation?
2: Um, well, to be honest, I, I didn't know much about what actually a director of football entailed uh, until we had uh, David Webb on the podcast uh, last week. And I learned quite a bit off of him Uh, I'm certainly a lot more open to that idea now uh, that I know a bit more about it. Um, As regards Fergal Harkin, again, I've done a wee bit of reading up on him, but I don't know too much. Um, But I I know what Natasha's saying there, like, if we were to get Fergal Harkin in, then Mareska or Marquesa, whatever his name is, I think probably could... Well, if he came in alongside him, it would be sortly of, sort of seamless move for they two as in their working relationship together. Um but personally I, I would be quite happy for Harkin to come in based on what I've read about him. Uh obviously he's doing a job at Man City where he's working more with the youth, uh, overseeing things. Um like guys going out and loan and stuff, uh, finding the right clubs for them to develop. Uh, so I, and he's still overseeing guys like Zinchenko, who's now a first-team player. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, absolutely I would be happy for Fergal Harkin to come in, but I think that I think that the manager needs to be a bigger name than the director of football. Uh, Marevka doesn't excite me, to be honest with you. Uh, OK, he could probably bring like, some quite good youth for Man City, but the chances are it would probably mostly be loans, and right now I don't think loans is what Celtic need. Um, I think they need a bigger name manager than Maresca, uh, but I mean, I don't know enough about him, maybe he's a tactical genius, and we don't know. But I mean, Arteta's doing alright at Arsenal, but um, you've got to give people a chance, you know what I mean? They've got to have a first time somewhere, but Mm-hmm. I think right now, I think Celtic need like somebody that's been over the course yet and uh, <clears throat> sort of worked with first-team players and, and built a team. Because Celtic are needing a rebuild, there's no doubt about it, they need a rebuild. Uh, they're probably going to have to more or less get a new defence and but I think... Uh, is Julian, I think Julian might be out to October He's going to be the only recognised centre-back If Ayer goes So I just think At this moment in time If Ayer goes and we need to rebuild the whole defence I think we need somebody With a bit more nous eh, With the greatest respect To Mareschka because I don't know enough about him But I think we need somebody with a bit more nous Than that To to take us on to the next stage eh. I've, I I think in terms of the name, you're 100% right. For me, Maresca, he
0: doesn't excite me. I know he's been assistant manager at Pellegrini. He's been a top player with Juventus, and he, he, now he's working at Manchester City. I've also seen the, the rumour as well that if he comes along with Fergal Harkins, Celtic are also looking at backroom options at Manchester City to come along and do the recruitment analysis and all I think I don't want us to be too like drawn to this Man City connection because Celtic are their own club. We don't need to go to a club to ask for favours for ask for all these technical experts to come in we should be doing that we should have building blocks in place now granted this, the, the facilities at Manchester City are world class everything's amazing about it but I just think I've said it before it's Celtic Football Club and you have to ask the question of the guys at the top first and if they say no I'm pretty sure there's someone out there a wee bit more experienced than Enzo Marquise at, at Manchester City as David Webb rightly touched upon when he said he was working with Eddie Howe it was they were singing off the same hymn sheet, and that's what you need. And yes, Fergal Harkin and, and Moresk could, could have that relationship, but to me, Celtic need to be looking bigger. And the possibility of losing up the 18 first, first team players or squad players included in that, there's it's quite a daunting prospect, especially if we're going to start this rebuild from scratch in terms of players in the summer. Go Going forward, Natasha, in terms of the recruitment policy, where do you think Celtic are going to be looking <coughs> this summer? Do think it's going to be? project players or do you think there'll be big money signings?
1: well I think the market's certainly going to change you know as a result of the pandemic and our revenue loss but also as a result of brexit as well you know our market isn't the bigger european leagues you know we're not taking you know players from the top leagues and you know, or the top teams and you know Germany, France, Italy, we're not doing that. We are trying to find that more obscure European talent if we are going to that market. And Brexit's going to make that significantly more difficult. So I think going forward, we're going to have to try and adopt a model more focused on um, talent within the UK and talent within our own youth systems as well. Um, We need better focus on our youth development and a better pathway for the youth players to make it into the first team because that's something that's really you know, been, been lacking at the moment. And for me, I know, you know, just sort of turning back on to the point of Harkin and Muresca, I think that they could maybe have the skill set that aligns with that. You know, Mareska is someone who's worked with, you know, the under-23 players of Man City. You know, those players are ones that are who could clearly get into plenty of first teams down south, perhaps not Man City's. Um, and looking at what he's, he's done at Man City as well, um, I have to thank his analytics on Twitter for some of these stats that I was reading earlier today, but his team are flying, like they've got a goal difference of plus 23 you know, the next team below them has a difference of plus 9 he's managing a team who are used to dominating, who have players who probably could outplay a lot of others, and they play a similar style to what Celtic are, Um, So so he is coming from something that would be recognisable with a lot of transferable skills there. But I completely get what you guys are saying at the same time. You know, he's an under-23 manager. Yes, he's assisted at Seville and West Ham, but he is an under-23 manager and is a big step. And we have a big, big job to do. Um, You just have to look across the city to see when they hired a youth manager, it took him three years to achieve anything. And we don't have three years. We need to start the pendulum swinging back as soon as possible. So I do accept the point that someone like Moresque is gonna come with that risk that he's not ready to to get this rebuild underway and to have a team finally and ready to go for, you know, the Champions League qualifiers which are less than a hundred days away. You know, this is coming around fast and there's a lot of work to be done between now and then.
2: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ross. No, I was just Kind of agree there. I mean, just when you said like the the Champions League qualifiers are less than a hundred days away, it's really it's like wow. Yet yeah, we we've had no contact for Celtic to tell us that, Like Aberdeen put a tweet out today, like telling the fans that excellent. Their stuff are in motion for for to get a new manager in, but there's been absolutely nothing for Celtic. It's like how yeah. can, it's a simple thing like everybody can put a tweet out i mean i only joined twitter the other day and i can do it but Celtic <laughs> still haven't <nae> done it <laughs> it's just yeah i thought that was excellent
1: mm-hmm. it ah, was excellent aye. it was it was clear open communication explaining exactly what they were doing the process that they were following a projected time scale quick and easy and you know a tweet that was a couple of minutes long a video perfect um yeah i thought they handled that really well and interesting when we do the complete opposite and it's radio silence
2: I
0: know, but the, the, the way I see it as well, I'm, this is going to be a bit unpopular, but I want to bring it back a few weeks to when sadly done that fan media press conference. Now, yeah. <laughs> when I first seen it, I thought, fair play, they're engaging with the fans. But looking fast forward again, there's been no communication to tell us anything regarding the club or regarding what way they're going. I personally believe that fan media press conference was just a ploy again to see what the, the feeling is towards John Kennedy. They're trying to dip him in and out anytime they can to see what support he, he will get. We know what South are like. We've seen it over the years. They will and try their best to go for the cheaper option instead of spending money on a better manager. We've seen it. And I personally believe the whole family, media press conference, asking questions to Turnbull, asking questions to Kennedy, was just another ploy. Oh, he speaks well. He can do this. But... If you even look at the training ground footage, the, the training they're doing, it's the exact same as what Neil Lennon had to do. run around a few mm-hmm. cones, doing a few passing drills, and then that's it. And then he brings them onto the pits and he's doing the same diamond formation. When James Forrest comes back on the pits, he has him playing at the number 10 role. It's like Neil Lennon, again, has a, a grip over that team that's not going to go away, especially with um, John Kennedy and Gavin Strangler still there. But touching upon the youth calamity Natasha, I'm glad you brought that up. And I... I'm very passionate about the youth academy. I think Celtic should always focus, when they can, on homegrown talent. And what annoys me the most, and fair enough, clubs couldn't afford it, but when they scrapped the reserve league, it just left all Mm. these young players in limbo. And if you go back in the years, it didn't do the likes of Sean Maloney, Aidan McGeady, all them types of players that came through in that era in the reserve league. So it was doing some good for Celtic. And as you said, Marchese and Harkin coming in, (laughs) coming in, and maybe they can do that link and make the youth academy kind of sing as well with the Celtic first team, playing the same tactics, doing the Mm -hmm. same roles, doing the same training. But you made a very good point that I actually wasn't aware of today, Natasha, on the Celtic State of Mind podcast. Marvin Bartley actually said he was surprised at the lack of quality in terms of the Celtic youth players when he played against them. What does that tell you, though, about the the youth players we have, Natasha? Are they good enough? Do we have to literally start again?
1: Yeah, it's it's concerning because you know what I think he was quite right. Celtic were renowned for having great youth talent coming through, and you've touched on a couple of them there. You know, when you look at Maloney, you look at McGeady, um More recently, we've had McGregor or Forrest and Tierney. You know, we have had this string of good youth players coming through, and now following this through in Dubai, we have to test some of them against Livingston and you know, and beyond um, pretty much the full month of January. But what we did see. That far too many of them weren't ready to make that step. In fact, I'd go as far as to say none of them were ready to make that step. Obviously, Stephen Welsh has now come in and had a run of games, and I think he's done absolutely fine. Um, you know, I, I like him. I think he's good. Outside of that, I'm really not seeing any of them ready to step up and take that next step, which is a big concern to me because if there's, this is the crop of youth that we could field against, you know, various teams in in January, then where are, where are we going with that? Um, who's coming it, up
0: behind them? It is quite concerning, uh, it's concerning, especially when you said that about Marvin Bartley. Oh, I actually wasn't even aware of that comment. It, it kind of struck me because you look you look at the, the Youth Academy and you think of the likes of Armstrong, Ocoflex, and Dembele, the one that springs out the mind. And then the recently just let a, a wee lad go back to America, Cameron Harper. He went back to the American leagues. It, it just almost seems to me that Sadly, it's just been ripped to the bare bone. Um, Ross, mm-hmm. in terms of the Youth Academy, do you think that's important going forward, especially as Natasha said? The transfer market's changing. The Brexit now means you have to have points for players coming in, especially through that system that David
2: Webb touched on. Where do you think it's going to go from here, Ross? Um, well, I mean, the Youth Academy is always important. It doesn't matter. What's happening? But I mean, as Natasha said, there isn't a I I mean, we looked at the games where we were down to the bare bones and we had to bring the young guys in, and there, there didn't look any of them were ready. I mean, that Cameron and Harper, was, was it him that went back to America, did you say? Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, like, people are worried, like, thinking, oh, why is he leaving? Uh, but I mean, maybe he's went back to America for family reasons because he is American, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, but, I mean, to be honest with you, I, need, I, I don't know a lot about Celtic's youth system. I've no really took much notice of it because I've, I'm always the heeding now, um, but, which is quite bad. But it, definitely the youth is important. Um, but possibly with this Fergal Harkin coming in, or if he comes in, he, he could help with that because he's been dealing with youth. For so long at Man City, um. But other than that, I'm, I'm no, I'm no too clear clued yeah. up in the I th- system, I th- to be honest. I, th- with you. I, th- I, th-
0: I think Ross that's a quite telling saying that the you don't know about them. You, the youth aren't making any noise. I mean, that's a, If if I the exactly. want you to know, if, yeah. if there's players coming through there, you you'll see the legs of Kieran Tierney, Cal McGregor. You'll see them and take notice. But there's none of uh-huh. that. And it, you, uh-huh. you touched upon you touched upon Stephen Wilson, said I'm glad as well because. Mm-hmm. Look, looking forward to the future. It could be him and Julian at the back. you, mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, as if we don't strengthen. But uh, the the recruitment policy to me is key, as you said. We have no time for them to have three years of success and them get in front, because as Russell Boyce rightly yep. said, they would they would not surrender, quit. Uh, sorry about the pun, but it's true. They would put their <laughs> foot in the gas, and they would they wouldn't inc- yeah. they wouldn't care about what Celtic's doing. And it look it looks from us Celtic fans. So you are doing all they can to try and help them. It's, some, it's, it's like, it's, it's almost like, why are you doing this? Just put, keep your foot mm. in the gas and go forward and keep going forward because this tender row should have happened and we all know it should have happened. Yeah. We've went into the season and the confidence has been too high. The players have been too arrogant. The likes of Ryan Christie, his head's huge. The likes of Edward, who's only turned up for six or seven games and the rest of them, he couldn't, he couldn't care less, let's be honest. And uh, but I mean, they,
2: they, 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 did, they did play Invest in the squad last summer, but the recruitment's just—they've just got it so wrong. Uh, The goalies are prime example of that. Wasn't it like they? I I I can't say I I have to defend them slightly because they did spend a bit of money to try and get the ten. I don't think they just thought, "Oh, we've got enough here," because they brought in what was it, Barkas? I know, I know, they brought in a Yeti. They probably should have brought in Tony. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. We all know that beforehand, obviously, that Tony was a better player than Ayeti, but you didn't know that Ayeti was not going to work out. You didn't know that Barkas wasn't going to work out. He spent, what was it, best part of six million in Barkas. So they did, they did invest in the squad, but it's just not worked out. Yeah,
1: yeah I, mean, I agree with that. You know, I think when you look at it, they did ask, you know, they did do what the fans wanted. And on paper, there were so many right decisions. We kept, you know, our best assets. We kept Edward. We kept Ayer. We kept Christy. You know, even in Cham, we got to keep all them. And then we strengthened in the areas that we were looking to. You know, we brought in a, a left back from Milan in Diego Laxalt. We brought in a five million pound goalkeeper. We brought in Shane Duffy, who was meant to shore up the defence. On paper, this was <laughs> what the fans were looking for. And. Huh? Every single decision seems to have been wrong. You know, the players who wanted away, we should have let them go. The people we, we signed were the wrong choices. Um, so I think, you know, just a bit of mismanagement and bad decision making at all levels when we should have been making 150% certain that this league was in the bag, we took risks and they didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, I thought, I mean, David, that. Yeah, it's it's almost
0: like yeah, you look back fair enough for us, you look back in the summer transfer window and we spent the upwards of twenty million pounds, but you also have to remember as well and factor in Rangers outspent us in the last the previous four windows. This is a team who's lost over eighty million pounds in the eight years yeah. they've been in the SPFL. And you're wondering how the hell can they do that? But touching upon yeah, the likes of Shane Duffy, the likes of Barkas, I personally still think there's a keeper in Barkas. I think it was more coaching. That he doesn't, mm. he wasn't used to that 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 kind of management. I can hear you sniggering, Ross, but I yeah. I still think it was a, a sharp and <laughs> <laughs> I still think there's a keeper in there, and also if you look at Atleti before he went to West Ham, he was banging them in for Basel, like proper him and El Nuci had such a partnership at, at, at FC Basel, and you, you almost have to look at it as well from the outside perspective. Yes, these players haven't played well, but do they fit the style that Sadegh are playing? Yeah. Uh, you would hardly come up with any ideas. Like is he's a poacher. Celtic don't play like that. They don't whip the ball into the box. They play in front of the strikers. Play at the feet. Uh, what What do you think, Natasha, in terms of like Barkas and Ayeri? Do they have futures at Celtic?
1: I think we certainly need to see more of them. And I think an, the interesting question really there is who's deciding whether they have a future at Celtic, um, because we don't <laughs> know who's going to be. We don't know yeah. who's going to be in charge of them next season. Um, for me, I would like to see Barkas get a run of games. Let's assess whether there's a player there or not. You know, If not, we have to cut our losses. And similarly with the Yeti and Klamala as well, let's, let's see them. Let's use the rest of the season to see if there's anything there worth building on or trying to enhance and develop for next season. Um, and if not, then cut your losses in the summer. But again, the issue is who is making that decision? Because a manager, head coach or director of football who comes in over the next couple of weeks might really want to keep someone like Agassi, Or alternatively, he might not be their sort of player at all. Um, so I think they'll probably all be kept around until we've got a new team in place who will want, want to have a look at them. So um, yeah, I think all are worth having another look at for me. Um, I agree with you on Barkas. I don't think... He loses all his ability overnight. I'm not sure about the coaching. You know, Stevie Wizard is renowned for being such a good goalkeeping coach, and we've produced and developed some great goalkeepers over the years. Um, and I'm not sure why it's not working with Barcast. Um, but they'll see him every day in training. If they think there really is nothing there, then we might already have made a decision to cut our losses in the summer and focus on getting a new keeper.
0: Yeah, but you also have to ask yourself as well who, who's going to buy these players do you know what I mean mm. if they can't make if they can't make it in the so-called lower league of the SPL the the, the the kind of reputation the SPL has for Europe who's going to buy them who's going to take the chance again to give Celtic a couple of million pounds for a Yeti and then give them mm. a mil- couple of million pounds for Barkas they're going to lose they're going to lose out in the mm. money they spend. spent and I also mm. think I would, that I was quite it. yeah that's that, that's exactly what I'm saying I think a Yeti there's a player there and you can see it sometimes Absolutely. when he plays when he played up front against Leland in the Europe, Europe League game, he looked class. He held the ball up well. He was linking the play. He was playing up, up front by himself, but he always had the, the support from the, the full backs and the, the midfield running on to him. That's perfect for him. Back to go, turn ahead of shot. I mean, he,
2: he... go ahead, Ross. No, go on. And I was just going to say, I think he's the type of player that maybe needs to be loved. And he's not had a lot of that off of Because he's in, the, mm-hmm. I know he was injured in that as well. But he's in the team. He looks like the type of player that maybe needs to be loved. And like, like hand the shoulder kind of hang always lets you know that he's wanted. Um, yeah, which is
0: exactly why we can
2: Yeah,
1: which is
0: exactly... <laughs> Exactly why we can't employ a manager like Roy Keane. I mean that does that screams. No, do not do that. Because the legs of yeah the legs of Christy, as Natasha said, they're a modern player. They like to go home and go on Instagram and post photos up of the meet and dinner. So <laughs> that's the type of thing that's the type of thing a modern day footballer does. And personally for me, I still think there's a player in Kamala. He gives you all the effort in the world. And granted, yes, his first touch is like a tackle sometimes, but it gives you he, it gives you a bit of effort, a bit of graft up front. Now, there was something I want to touch upon quickly. You was, I put on Instagram, which got quite a got, well, got quite a few comments anyway. Natasha, I'll go to you first. Lee Griffiths, now he's a man that divides Celtic fans more mm. more so now because of what's happened in terms of not being fit. We all know he's, he's fought mental health off, and that's brilliant. He's got better. He's recovered from that. But again, he's still not fit and available for selection. And if he is, he's not 100% match fit. Do you think Lee Griffiths, this is his last season at Celtic Football Club, Natasha?
1: I have to say yes. Um, and I've been very supportive of Griffiths over the years. And I have a great deal of sympathy for him and a great deal of respect for what he's managed to overcome. Um, and saying that, I'm also frustrated with him that he was unable to be fit at the, at the start of the season. And he, he's still not fit now. You know, we're in March and he's still not managed to get himself fit all season. And for me, he's cost us, he's cost the club. You know, if we had a fully fit, firing on all cylinders, Lee Griffiths, from the start of the season, partnership partnering Edward up front like we saw worked so well for all of last year, or at least parts of last season. You know, I think we could have, it could have been the difference between drawing games or losing games and winning games. Um, because Griffiths scores goals and he's a great partner for Edward, but only when he's fully fit and committed. And he's not been that this season. Um, and I think he's really cost the club and... That's frustrating to me. And I think a new manager, a new coach, a new director of football coming in is not going to be inclined to keep Griffiths around for any longer. So for me, I think he is probably likely to be on the way out.
0: Yeah. I mean, what about you, Ross? What's your opinion on the,
2: the Magic Man League, Griffiths? I mean, well, first of all, can I just say I lost my training thought there because I had a... My power went out in my house and I was sitting in darkness, <laughs> <laughs> but we're all right now, we're good, um, but I, Griffiths, I've said in a previous podcast uh, that I think it probably will be time up for him, um, it's, uh, as Natasha said, he's, I mean, he's. St- it's March now and he's still not fit, the Scotland squad's been announced, we're on, like, the verge of our first major international tournament in 20 odd years and Lee Griffiths still can't get himself fit I mean that is like the pinnacle I know he's playing for Celtic but that is the pinnacle of a player's career surely that would be incentive enough if nothing else to get yourself fit and he's not done it mm-hmm. it's it, just for me I think he's his head's gone he's not interested in football anymore and if he wants to he, he could probably still make a living at like a Hibs or something like that and he's got all oh, the ability in the world, it's so frustrating. It's, I mean, I was going to compare him to Derek Ryland there. He's probably better than him, but it's that <laughs> kind of idea where, like, they look, they're a great player, but they're just basically total neds that just can't get their head down. And it's so frustrating yeah. to see. But um, yeah. aye, I think it, it probably will be his last season. I don't think whoever comes in is going to look at him and Hank Am I going to have this guy? He's taking a wage at the club every month for basically doing nothing. He's he's affecting uh, nothing. He's he's helping the club in no way whatsoever, but taking money out of it every every month.
0: Yeah, I mean, how amazing would it be to sit basically on your ass and get paid upwards of twenty grand a month? You'd be loving it, wouldn't you? That's I mean, that's 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 every, that's everyone's dream. And I'm not disrespecting Lee Griffiths. I know there's people who listen who are big Lee Griffiths fans. We all are. We all we all supported him through his mental health illness and we're all uh, really glad fact, that he
2: can I just touch on that by the way. Um I know he's obviously been through whatever it is and he's got mental health so I'm no dissing him in any way whatsoever for that because it's do you know what I mean? It is I'm not I, I've never yeah. experienced it myself, yeah. but it's obviously not great. But just in a football aspect, I'm just commenting on a football aspect and that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. But the other yeah. side of it who Knows what's going on there, and I would never ever diss him for that. No way, yeah. I mean, just want to make that point clear.
0: No, that's a hundred percent, Russ. I think we're all on the same page and that one. Well, that's a, exactly um, what I was about to say. We, we all support him. I mean, he, he's he been brilliant over the years at Celtic. He was 40 goals on a, a Ronnie Delia season, which was amazing. He was firing, but unfortunately, the last couple of years for Celtic and him, it hasn't worked out. And as you said, he, he's getting the weights for doing effectively nothing. Yes, he probably goes to training and does a bit there, but. He's gone home after three hours and he's not really contributing on the football pitch. And um, for me personally, I think it's his last season. I thought his last season would be last season, if you know what I mean. Because I think we need a, a striker in, to <laughs> come in and just take the club by storm, get on the pitch, score goals, especially now if Edwards going to leave. We need, a, we need a ready-made replacement. We can't be going down the route of relying on Griffiths if he's not fit. And then we'll have question marks still over Yeti and Kamala. But what I'm going to do now, folks, I'm going to move on to the nitty-gritty side of things. And we'll look ahead towards the Glasgow Derby side of things. Mm-hmm. Now the we've seen over the recent well week and a half, I'd say now, that the the yes, well the government the government over in Scotland's getting involved in football quite a lot. Um mm-hmm. is putting out statements, name checking Celtic. Well, now it's cleared up apparently. Celtic said it's just completely refuted the statement and so there's no way saying the Celtic fans were involved in the chaos that the Rangers fans caused mm. in George Square outside Ibrox. But what is your feeling in the total thing of government getting involved in football?
1: For me, the, the frustrating element of the government getting involved is the differential treatment on a number of levels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, For example, we, we look back on the trip to Dubai. I want to know why the government were so quick to condemn what was a legal trip to Dubai. I mean, we can debate whether morally it was right or wrong, but it was a legal permitted trip to Dubai. They were very quick to condemn that, but they were very slow to condemn the scenes we saw over a couple of weekends ago um, at Ibrox and at George Square. You know, and then you look at other incidents, you know, when we see cars full of, of players, managers, when we have to take six buses to Dingwall. You know, why was, <laughs> let's go back further, why was, why was Christie out for two games for playing the PlayStation with Armstrong? And then yeah. earlier in the season, Hellander tested positively for COVID, trained with his teammates, but that wasn't deemed a close contact. You know it's the inconsistency for me and there's various questions that I want the club to be asking in this regard and if they're dealing with it behind the scenes then that's absolutely fine but I do have to say the differential treatment is there and this incident over the last couple of weeks has has just you know exemplified that you know we've, we're hearing reports of the police turning up at Celtic fans doors to reiterate the stay at home message ahead of the weekend and you know well I fully really support that message you know, why was the same not done two weekends ago when we were subject to some of the worst COVID breaches, you know, we've seen in the country? You know, had the government yeah. and the media and the police acted and condemned those actions on the Saturday, we wouldn't have seen the scenes we did on the Sunday. Um and as for you know them trying to, to bring in what they call old firm angle into it, um I think Celtic were quite right to absolutely refute that. Um and the tweet served its purpose in that extent, because this was not a Celtic and Rangers issue, it was not a Glasgow issue, it was just the Rangers issue um, and we don't want to be yeah. tarnished with that brush
0: Yeah, yeah I think Natasha, what was seen as well, especially over here in Ireland, I'm, I'm up in the north and what i seen was absolutely mad, I sent the, the video into the, our group chat, basically there was Rangers fans in the Shankill area where I live, partying setting off flowers and the local news reporter said, it's okay, they were all in their own bubbles in their, in their own cars, I mean come on I've never seen ba- yeah. more, bass com- more bass commentating in my whole life. I think I sent you it as well, didn't I, on Fad Twitter? Have you seen that? I mean, it's, it's almost like Celt- <laughs> Celtic do something wrong. And look, I'm going to reiterate the point. I'm not moaning. I, I'm getting that out there. I just want to know why we're getting treated different. I'm saying it with my own eyes. Everyone can see it. Even other clubs can see it. Why is Celtic and other clubs being treated so different from the club across the city? Ross, do you think as well, now this is my personal opinion, I think Celtic have been far too quiet on the whole issue. And yes, they put out the tweet and a whole lot of support got behind it, me myself included, but looking back on it again, it's just a play up to the fans. Yes, it, it does mean well. I mean, it's brilliant. It was well done. It was a cutthroat statement towards the other half of the city, but you almost look at it, Celtic have still stayed quiet while your man Douglas Park writes paragraphs about us, name-checks mm. us and everything, and they come back with that. What, what's your feeling towards the whole
2: government issue? I, um, I mean... Uh... I mean, ordinarily, for me, the government have no place in football, but circumstances are now, obviously, they've got no choice to come into it. But as regards Celtic, uh, I think they've took the glaring bias, like lying down. The only person, Mm -hmm. and he does it time and time again, and he's away now, is Neil Lennon. He defends the club time and time again, and everybody slated him for that so-called outburst after Dubai that interview when he said it was hypocrisy and I agreed with him at the time and since then the events that have happened have proved him right and he's the only one that defends Celtic time and time again with total disregard to what the uh, repercussions might be for him and for that I commend Neil Lennon but I just think Aye, uh, there's been total bias, and I, I really hope that the government, when things are back to normal and football's back to normal, hopefully it's, it's sooner rather than later. I, I just think the government should take a step back and give Rangers the opportunity trying to win the league by themselves. It's just I feel I'm just really, really like so annoyed with the, the bias that, that it, mm. I, I don't know how anybody. Even a, well, I know how Rangers fans can say it, it's not been biased because they're not going to turn around and say that, but it, it's it's been so obvious that, that like, you've all made the points. I'll not go over them again. That it's it's just so frustrating, and uh, it's a it's a subject that really grinds on me at the moment. Mm. To yeah. be honest with
0: you, I mean what we seen as well, the Tyson Ross as uh, the Scully son. I mean it's re- it's reported that over 50 Rangers fans that took part in that have tested positive for coronavirus. And that, that just points that uh, the, the whole stay, well, their blatant lack of stay-at-home message didn't re- resonate with the fans. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. The Rangers players were hanging out of the Ibrox window mm-hmm. and partying with them and pouring champagne out the yeah. window and the manager done it too. And there was yeah. also mm-hmm. footage of Steven Gerrard in his car filming
2: his way into the Ibrox. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. In, Gerr- that- in, Gerr- in Gerrard's defence, the tune was an absolute banger. <laughs> well, no, seriously the it was, the he, seriously though, right, no, but right. but, aye, but Neil Lennon would have got totally condemned for that oh, if yeah. he'd done if Celtiberg ten in a row and he drove in with the music playing and somebody else was videoing that. If he'd done that, he would be absolutely he had in the jail. <laughs> never mind hold over never mind hold the calls, he had been in the jail. <laughs>
1: You're yeah. right. It's the double I mean It's so frustrating. Yeah. Like, they, yes, they put out a stay-at-home message now, and they've all, but they didn't. You know, before Saturday, Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't that stay-at-home message. You know, the actions you've just talked about, Stephen, they were encouraging the celebrations. They were encouraging yeah. the fans to be there. So I think it's a bit rich for them to come out now and say that they did everything they could because that's absolute nonsense.
0: Yeah, I think that brings me all nicely to my next point, and it has a good queue up there. Thanks for that. But basically, <laughs> basically the, the, way, the way I see it as well, it, it almost smacks of, again, hypocr- hypocrisy. I can't say that word again. That's me gone for words. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's just like Celtic fans do one thing. They get punished. Celtic, Celtic go to Dubai, even though it was rubber stamp. They get vilified in the media and the government for weeks and weeks. The players basically go into hiding for two weeks. And then you look, you look across the city. And yes, what was the quote I seen someone put up? They deserve a party. We all, we all deserve a party. We all deserve to go out and get drunk and wreck <laughs> up streets. But we, you don't see us freaking outside and drinking whatever we're drinking and going mad and singing songs. And that's not the way it should be at the moment. And everyone wants to know that. Which brings it brings me back brings me onto the point of the stay at home message from both captains, uh, managers of the club, John, Kennedy and things. Natasha, where do you stand on the whole stay at home message? Yes, we agree with it, but. In terms of what they're trying to portray now, do you think it's kind of a bit lost since what happened last week?
1: My concern is that you know there wasn't adequate or appropriate action taken last week um, under Rangers' fans at George Square at Ibrox. So the police lose some of their authority there in asking for the same to be done again this weekend. Um, I guess all we can do um, on podcasting on our own pages is to encourage the stay-at-home message you know for me i think large gatherings like we saw in george square are you know a slap in the face to everyone who's obeyed the rules for over a year everyone who's working tirelessly for the nhs you don't need to gather like that to celebrate a football result at a time like this when everyone's making so many sacrifices so for me all i can do is just reiterate the stay-at-home message and hope that people adhere to it
0: yeah i mean Another thing as well, one of our podcasters, Anthony Dunn, he actually works for the NHS and he was quite passionate about this subject and I think he—he he quite rightly so. As you said, it's a slap in the face to everyone who's obeyed the rules, so to speak, who who does what they're told, stay at home, keep your social distancing. And then you see the, the large groups in George Square, large groups outside their training ground, which by the way, again, the Rangers players were partying with the fans, but that's not punished. But... Uh, Ross, where where, do you, where are you standing on the whole stay home thing? Are you the same
2: kind of vibe as Natasha? Uh, no, I think everybody should, everybody should go down to the stadium and just go make a normal <laughs> 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 No, absolutely. Just the everything that Kennedy and guys in the previous podcast have said. I mean, just just don't go. It's it's plain and simple. Then you go down, and if the Rangers fans want to go down, then fine, go down. Do what you want to do wreck what he's going to wreck, the club will foot the bill and that's it and Celtic fans stay away, their their reputation will not be tarnished if you stay away and that's all I can really say but to be honest with you, I think that I'm going to put my faith in both sexy fans, I think probably obviously you'll get the, the odd straggler nut job but I think I think the majority will stay away after what they've seen last week eh, I think they will stay away and anybody that is there will be minute and it will be dis- dispersed quickly but I mean obviously after yeah. the obligatory selfies with the Rangers fans but <laughs> other than that eh, I think I think for the most part most people will stay away and you'll, you'll get the few stragglers that's my hope anyway but yeah. you, I mean, who yeah. knows there's rumors, Ross, that you're actually going down on Saturday
0: to get your space early. I don't I don't know if that's <laughs> true or not, but yeah. I'm actually coming from there the now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: in, in, in terms of the moving on night to the, the whole card of honor argument, they have seen lots of selling pages basically saying that's a no go. And another mm. man who came on the scene talking about this was our former manager, Brendan Rogers. Now, from what I can see, this has knocked him down well. And every page I've looked at it, it's, it's just comments of him being. And basically an arsehole, and saying Celtic should have class and humility. But I can kind of see where he's coming from. Just do it. Just, this that. It'll probably annoy them more. But I don't know. But what, what, where do you think? Where do you stand on this whole guard of honour um, argument, Natasha?
1: Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, for me, you know, let's think back to 2019 when Gerard, you know, emphatically refused to give Celtic a guard of honour, and for for me, that way it, it could set a precedent. You know. Why on earth should we show them respect when they refuse to show the same for us you know they couldn't put their bitterness aside at watching us win eight in a row as it was then and um, so why should we do similar for, for them you know but on the, on the same hand you know i have to i have to sort of put that to one side and think we pride ourselves on having our own standards and um, we can take the high road if they've taken the low road and um, so i would get why the club would do it and i get roger's comments um, For me, Mm. I think he's a bit rich talking about you know humility and class walking out and us halfway through a season and trying to take our whole backroom staff with them. So it's a bit rich coming from him. Um, (laughs) But in saying that, I do get his point. Um, If the club do it, I'll understand why. If it was my choice, I have to say I would say that I wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ross, where are you standing on it? Um, Personally, I wouldn't do it. Give them nothing. But. I mean, I, I I get the other side of it. Whereas, as Natasha said, like if if we did do it, we would look like the bigger person, if you like. Um, but personally, myself, the devil in me says, "Nah, fuck them." But mm. I, I was hoping at like, least but... I,
0: I was hoping at least one of you one of yous would say yes. But I'll, I'll play I'll
1: play
0: <laughs> the end. I'll impartial side so this. I can say it from yes. Selling, as you said, Natasha, to have their own standards and they should do it because it shows we're a bigger club, which we are, by the way. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that club there is only nine or eight years old. It's only in existence. <laughs> but the, you also have to look at it as well. The, I, I get what you're saying, Ross. I'm, I'm the type of guy who wants to fight fire with fire and just be like, no, nope, not getting off an It's not get the change room, change outside. That's where I'd be. But <laughs>
2: that,
0: I, I don't I'm going to remain on the side of it because there's both sides of the argument which I can understand, I can take yes, be the bigger man, be the bigger person do the guard of honour, just get on with it and hopefully beat them in the game and on the other hand, nah, as you said just let them do their thing and if it, if it happens in terms of we don't do it and we get vilified at least we've kind of stuck to the same narrative and I hope if we, that does happen Celtic come out and defend themselves we've seen far too often where Celtic have left things slide especially when it comes to the the other half across the city, and I, I don't think that's an option. If they're going to do the Guard of Honor, I would expect them to come out and say before the game, I think that's just normal, and maybe in Friday's press conference, we'll probably find out more, and that's even if the game's going ahead. But looking ahead to the actual game and the way it's going to play out, Natasha, what what type of game are you expecting? Now, I did hear you earlier on say that you kind of go for your best players and go for it that way, but I kind of have to disagree. The only reason why is because these best players have been absolutely shite for us all season. And there's there's no there's no, evi- there's no evidence to say that they're going to come and fucking be amazing and win 5 or 6 nil like we know they're capable of. But wh- where do you stand on the whole game? What way do you see it playing out, Natasha? Uh,
1: I mean, I, I made that comment earlier on Axum because oh, there's so much at stake here for us. Um, it's, it's a Glasgow Derby game, but it's not a dead rubber, even though the league is gone. Um I want to see us line up as strong as possible to try and stop their Invincible League season and get rid of any notion that they compare to Rodgers' season of Invincibles. I don't think the two teams are comparable in the slightest. I think Rodgers' nope. Invincible team far, far eclipses what we're seeing right now um, from Rangers. I, I think I, I don't think we'll see too many changes. Um, I think they'll line up very similarly to what we have seen, You know, maybe against Undie United just there. Um, and uh, do you know I will totally agree with you. Edward has not been firing on all cylinders. He's not offered anything. He looks lethargic and lazy. But if I have to put money on someone popping up to score a goal, it's going to be Edward. So I do want to see him start you know, ahead of Ayeti or Clamalla. Um, and I think to be honest, the rest of the team almost picks itself. Um, you know, there's maybe yeah. a couple of decisions in the middle of the park around Sorrow, Turnbull, Brown, Rogic, Christie, you know, how we're going to shoehorn all them in. But I think really that's the only decisions we've got to make and otherwise it, it, it picks itself really, especially the backline. I can't see them doing anything other than um, Kenny, Welsh, IR and um, Yeah. But we'll see.
0: I mean, I'm, in terms of myself, and I, I don't know how this is going to go down, but the Celtic team at the minute absolutely bores me. It just bores me. There's no excitement no more. And I can't wait that this season's over. And I totally agree with you. This Glasgow Derby is not meaningless in the slightest. I want us to win. And I hope we win well. But it comes back to my point, it comes back to my point Ross. These players that we've so-called tra- tried and tested and trusted players have continuously let Celtic Football Club down this season over and over and over again. Now, I know this is the Glasgow Derby and it's against their biggest rivals, right? But the way I'm looking at it is, should we not be giving players a chance who's going to be there next season to bed them into the squad? What, what way are you saying with this one, Ross?
2: Well, the question is, what players are going to be there next season? Um, <laughs> you 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 don't know we we don't even know what what manager's going to be there. Never mind players. Um. So I mean, personally, I said with Natasha, I would play the strongest team available. Whether it's guys like Christy who have at times let us down, but also at times in big games, uh like say at Hamden, he hasn't let us down. He's come up with big moments. uh you've got to go with guys like Christy. I would play Turnbull. Um. But I go we your on-paper best available team against Rangers. And as Natasha said, we have to stop this so-called invincible season um, sooner rather than later. And if that's Sunday, then all the better. And if it's no Sunday, then we have to do it in the final game at Ibrox against them. Uh, but aye, it's going to be a tall ask because Celtic are, as you say, playing... Absolutely rotten. You know. They're they're so bad to watch. It's boring. But I mean, it's been shown previously. Do we turn to guys that are? I know there were a lot of youngsters in the team, but they are guys that's probably got to be there next year. You can't turn to youngsters in this game. You just have to go and play your best team and but, try and win the game. Where I'm coming from
0: is the the side of would you play Barkas over Bain? Personally, no, yes, I would. Ben.
2: No,
0: I've no. Ben. Oh come on guys like, nice like <laughs> well. at, uh, but the way the way I'm looking at it right like hear me out I know this is unpopular mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm gonna get stick for it. But <laughs> being for me is crap. Yes, he's a good shot stopper. I get that and I, I totally understand he, he can pass the ball out from the back. But we need to give the players like Barcast like likes of a Yeti, time to come into the squad and see what they're about. Otherwise but they're gonna they face know. the same no, but they're gonna yeah, face not, the same no this week no. But they're going no. to <laughs> they're, they're going to face The same scenario Next season Don't be a scared To throw them, throw them Into these games This is what Celtic's about These big games These big Aye, derby they,
2: games Play, and, play them but, against The other teams In the, the final what, Five games of the season Don't play them In this game Play the the guys no, That but, are I was going to say yeah, Tried and God. tested And they are tried and tested But They've been They've been way below par this season But I don't care if they're going to be there next season or no. the The best team on paper is the team you have to play for. For me, sorry if that. And the me. best team on <laughs> the, the best team the best
0: team on paper has been crap. This so the paper needs uh, to be ripped up for for in the you make bin. A good <laughs> point. Per, you make a good point. Per, personally, I believe that they should start with Forrest and El on the wings. I want to be better in the team because this this diamonds it's just kind of a road to nowhere now. guess it was good the first six games we played it, but. Nine teams are just sitting back On the on the edge of the day Taking
2: the to, ball I would tend on. to agree with that I would tend to agree with that I would, I would like to see more width in the team And there is Now that Forrest is back But He's not 100% fit obviously But I can see yeah. what you're saying I would like to see that yeah. width in the team Because That's what we've been lacking Because Everything's in front of the teams I know Rangers won't defend As much as other teams But Every player In that Diamond Apart from Scott Brown All want to come short Edward wants to come short Everybody knows it. It's all in front. Yeah. The team, you're no taking guys, I've said it in a previous podcast, you're no taking guys like defenders into positions that they don't want to be. So aye, I would, I would, I probably would play Forrest and to you know, I say I, I would agree with that.
0: And you I know, know well,
1: Forrest
0: is. Yeah, no, you're 100% right there. If, and, if he's ready, and, then I, absolutely. I know the play the bounce game against Mullerwell won 5 0 during the week. So I think he played 90 minutes in that game. So maybe that's, that's a good sign that he, he's fit and far, or at least up there anyway with fitness. The, the well, reason why I said it, yeah, he played the full yeah. 90 against in the bounce game. The, the reason why I said it, Natasha, and, and I heard you blatantly say you want being playing on goals and you want the best players, but I just want to play a wee bit of the side of, yes, these players are trying to test it. Yes, they cost money, but they haven't delivered. What, I want to know why, from your point of view, you think, that they're going to deliver against against Rangers on uh, Sunday. Yes, they played well in January for the first uh, 60, so minute, sixty or so minutes, but then obviously what happened after that is pretty obvious. But what makes you think that th- these players are going to do the job for us?
1: I can't say I have any confidence in them doing the job. I would, I would <laughs> still think, you know, I, I have more confidence in in Bain at this moment than I do in Barkis, and I have almost no confidence in Bain. So that must be what I feel about Barkis. But I think for a goalkeeper, <laughs> if we're looking at that position, you know, we just need continuity. Um, you don't, you're not going to drop in a new goalkeeper for for a class with derby. Although, you know, we did really <laughs> throw Connor Hazard into a, into a similar fire. Um, but for me, it's about continuity. And Bain's been the one that's playing. He has to start this game. Um, if Boris yeah. is fit enough, maybe I'd, will he be match fit? Unlikely. Can he maybe more impactful as you know a sub in around 60th minute? But I think we've got to go with continuity um and hope that Kennedy has, you know, two weeks to work with them, drill something new into them, um and and see how it goes. I, I like I said, I don't have a great deal of confidence. I'd really like them to show us something different that they showed us for the rest of the season. Um and what better prep has he had than two weeks to, you know, really work with the team and have yeah. almost a full squad available to him. So it'll be yeah. interesting, but from a continuity perspective, um I think it'll be a similar squad we see.
0: Yeah, no, uh, 100%. I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious both of are against me at this point, so we'll quickly move <laughs> on. <okay?
2: laughs>
0: so, moving on to the last couple of segments of the show, uh, touched upon on their topic list yesterday. I, I would like to know, what's one of your favourite moments from the previous old firm games, either in the, the recent years or years gone past when the old club was up and going? Um, I'll go to you, Natasha, first. What sticks out in your mind when you think of uh, a Glasgow Derby?
1: Uh, see when you see when you posed this question to me earlier in the week, you know it's hard to pick a game. Never mind the moment we've had, and that's one thing we shouldn't forget is we've had some incredible memories over the you know the last few years, especially in some of these derby games. And um, so it's hard to narrow it down to a game. But I'm going to go back to the 11th of March 2018 and go for the 3-2 game at Ibrox. Um, you know to pick a moment, there's a couple of moments in that game for me. And um, you know that Rogic goal was absolutely beautiful, but for me, the best moment was the Dembele goal and really, you know, that absolute belter of a pass from Scott Brown. You know, the cheer goes up as Brown gets taken out off the ball only for them to realise that he's played in a perfectly weighted pass to Dembele who swaps it past the keeper. And we get that immortal, what's the goalie doing commentary to come with it. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting that in just before half time, and then the half time scenes in the Brimloan and the full time scenes there, from we you know after we won three two, um, it was ten men that eventually got us thrown out of the broom forever by the looks of it. But, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so for me that game, but in particular that that moment, that pass from Brown, that goal from them was, was was absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, what what was the famous? What's the goalie doing, Tom? Ah, that one. Uh, oh, hey. lovely. It? <laughs> yeah, that's <so laughs> the
1: one. So <laughs> To that
0: yeah, again, that, I mean. <laughs> that one was fantastic. I'll, I'll go to yourself, Ross. What what sticks out for you when you think of the Glasgow Derby games? Uh,
2: I mean, obviously, in recent times with the the new against the new Rangers, uh, we've had some great moments. Drubbins, uh the the policeman's hat, we Steg, and all that great moments. But for me, probably go back to two thousand and eight. I think it was uh, when we beat them two one. Uh, I a uh, Celtic Park and uh, Jan Vernegar of Essling scored the header in the last minute mm-hmm. and it completely changed the complexion and allowed us basically going and win that title. It was absolutely massive. Uh, I, I didn't actually get... I, I wasn't at the game that night, but uh, I broke a wall light in the pub with my head, so that just shows <laughs> you how how high I jumped because I'm a pretty wee guy. <laughs> but uh, I that yeah. was... For me, that just sticks in the memory, and it always will. It was just that relief. It was like, are we going to do it? If we don't win this game, it's gone. It's totally gone. And then, bang, right at the last minute. And it just killed them. And it just gave us the impetus to go and win that title. Yeah, I mean... And it was the, the Tommy Bummers title tough. as
0: well. So it was yeah, even more special. They- Big, yeah, has, I think Alfie Hasling was amazing. He was a powerhouse of a striker. I think that's something we actually missed, especially in, in the modern mm. day. He was he was just up there getting his head on the balls. But for me, before I move on, I'm going to go more more recent. the 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 one player that sticks out to me when I think of more recent Glasgow derbies has to be Moussa Dembele. We can't we can't forget yeah. this guy. That that time when Celtic had the flag of war out in the corner, he put Sandro Ross on his arse, and he totally destroyed Rangers that day. That that for me. That's what we need to get back to. That's where we need to go because we are head and shoulders above them in every aspect of our club, or at least we should be. And I hope next season is a catapult where we're like, we're going to take this by the horns again and go on a title run. And hopefully it lasts us for years and years. As the, Natasha rightly touched upon, we can't afford the pendulum, to swing in their direction. For a three or four years, we need to come back and come back with a, a fence this next season and win the league at least and the trophies as well because we're a winning club. It means so much to everybody, all the fans out there that love Celtic Football Club. And we all, all of us here, Celtic fans, think that Celtic Football Club is the greatest club in the world. And personally, I believe that because I love Celtic with all my heart. But mm. we'll move on to the the quiz side of things. I know I had a wee bit of a passionate rant there, but I wanted to get that out. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I'll I move, like we'll move on to the, the quiz side of things. And it's basically Natasha, the there's five questions. First, the answer to three. Uh, first to five or whatever, whoever gets it wins it. The prize is nothing, it's just your pride okay Natasha? Got it. (laughs) Okay so no problem, I'll get the first question now. At the end of October and the start of November, Celtic played successive home games against Clamarnic, Juventus and Rangers. One man scored in all three, this is from the 2001-2002 season. Who was it? It was a centre-back Valhalla.
2: Yep.
0: No, oh. no, you got it, you got it, you got it. Oh, well, hard. <laughs> well played. Well played. He's definitely got Google opener. there. He has my voice pen <laughs> in the background. <laughs>
2: That's
0: one to Ross, no worries. And Dr. Joseph Fangloss's first domestic match, who scored a hat trick? Nope. Tasha,
2: over to you. S- S- Scottish.
1: That makes it harder. <laughs>
2: Can I come in again? Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No. no. One more crack at a
0: one more crack. Come <sighs> on, what is?
2: Oh, I've not got a clue. All
0: right, time's up. Craig Burley. Oh. God. Yeah. Okay,
1: which year
0: sure. which year did Celtic make it to their second European Cup
2: final? Seventy one. Seventy two. Nope. Natasha?
1: I think it was later than that. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, 82.
0: No, right. We won the European Cup 67. We got to another final quite close to that.
1: Ah, 68. 69, yeah. You're right. It no. Was no. The <laughs> <laughs> What's
0: close 19- to
2: 1970. 19- I'll give that to Ross because nice. we got it in with- We're
1: not just under <laughs> pressure, Ross.
2: <laughs> I was close. I Henrik,
1: think
2: seventy one. <laughs> yeah, there. Henrik
0: Larson scored his hundredth league goal for Celtic against which club? In family. Nope. Natasha over to you. Mm. They've got p
1: they've
0: got a plastic pitch in the SPFL at the moment.
1: <laughs> Livingston.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: Nice. Right, let me see. Let me see. During the 0-1... 02 season. One Celtic scored twice at Ibrox. Who was it? Maravchik. Nope, Natasha. Hmm. Sussan. No. He L- went L- L- to ask L- the Villa after Celtic. Maloney. L- L- no, L- he L- went L- to ask the Villa after Ah, C- uh, yeah. So, Ross, you get it this week.
2: Unlocking
0: Natasha. No, right. I don't think de- benefits,
1: to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure either <laughs> was preserved on that showing,
2: but well done, Noah. No, we were absolutely it, shameful there. We are just throwing names out. <laughs> Every <laughs> time we
0: have this quiz, I'm questioning, do the guests actually support Celtic? I mean, John, <laughs> John's, John's lost three in a row. He's relegated the hosting, the, the recording of the show now. It's a, uh, but yeah, it was a good effort from both of you. And Natasha, thanks for coming on to the show. And no doubt we'll have you on the future again. You've been a fantastic guest. Have you enjoyed your time on the show?
1: I absolutely have. Yeah, I would love to
2: come back. I'll have another go at that quiz next time. Um, but no, I've enjoyed yeah. that game. That was great. I was Yeah, vote. it's fantastic. We'll have
0: another go at that quiz. <laughs> 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 it's, it was fantastic having you on, Natasha. You've you brought some valuable points and insight in, in the goings-on at Southie Football Club. And, and Ross, yourself, thanks for coming back on. We'll definitely have you back on. We'll have our old firm extravaganza to look forward to you on Friday. And also, Declan McConville's going to... Declan McConville, everyone knows from Sally TV, and also appearing on Sally State of Mind, he's going to be joining us joining us on Friday as well for a part of her two part special. So there'll be two podcasts out on Friday. Until then, everybody, until we speak again on Friday, stay well and keep safe. Heel heel.